Today on Calm Talk, we're talking about what may be the heaviest movie we've watched in a while. It's so heavy! Glicks, what is going on? We are receiving a signal from a new area on the planet Eagerly. All right, let's see what the planet has for us today. Opening forms in three, two, one. Hello, Devoted Geeks, and welcome to Contact, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, a show from Devoted Geeks who are devoted to let you know you're loved. Uh, this is Dallas here, and I'm joined with my beautiful redheaded bride, Mrs. Celeste Mora. Hello. How are you, babe? I think it's funny that you have to specify redhead because even though I haven't changed the color in a while, you never know. You never know. It's funny. When we first got married, <laughs> like you were blonde when we got married no no, no i was redhead when we got married. no you were blonde no. yes no i had red hair i can pull up our wedding picture you may have to because you went blonde at some point in the midst of everything yes. either way people were confused as to who i married they I thought would... i was playing around because i was walking around with a brunette one day a blonde another day a redhead another day within the span of a year and a half i was i went from red to black back to red and then to blonde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then back to red. Lots of changes happening over here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Got to keep you on your toes. I noticed. So anyways, so we uh, just got back from a movie. And this is the first official element to this podcast of our month-long series here at Geek Devotion of Sci-Fries. Although, disclaimer, this movie ended up being more sigh than fright. It was. It was indeed. And we're talking about the movie The Creator. And um, like I said, it was this is probably the heaviest movie we've had in a while. Yeah. And so today's podcast, we're going to do two sections. Uh, section A, we're talking about the movie and, and just spoiler free. Yeah. And then we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about spoils. Spoiler filled. Lots of feelings of spoils. Uh, in this film, there will be lots of feelings. There'll be lots of lots of feelings in this film. So let's uh, let's jump into it. If you're not familiar with the movie The Creator, this just came out 2023. Uh, it came out Thursday. Yeah, it came out this week, didn't it? So the IMDb description says this: Against the backdrop of a cold war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former soldier finds the secret weapon: a robot in the form. Of a young child. Dun, dun, dun. And this was done by, directed and written by Gareth Edwards, who, who, who? did the uh, Godzilla movie, The Legendary Godzilla. Oh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That tracks. And Rogue One. Oh, yeah. No, mm -hmm. I kind of wish I'd known that. Yep. All, it's all right there. It all makes sense for us. And, and listeners, you understand why she says that in the second half of the film. Uh, or this conversation. Half of the podcast. So it stars uh, John David Washington uh, as the uh, the main character. I don't think I've seen him before. You have. I have. You don't remember you have, but you have. He was in Tenet. Oh. Yeah. Uh, wait, was he Tenet? He was the protagonist, which name is protagonist. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then he was also in the movie Black Klansman. 
I didn't see that one. Which was a, uh, it was a pretty interesting film. I didn't realize you'd seen that one. I had not seen it. I just saw our reviews. It's not in the wheelhouse that I can handle. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, it also stars a young lady named Madeline Yulna Voiles. Apparently, this was her first role. It was. And uh, not bad for a young lady. I think she did fantastic. I'm trying to see if I can figure out how old she is. Uh, thank you, IMDb, for protecting young ladies personal information because we have no idea how she is but she is a younger individual and uh then jimma chan who i've seen her in several things over the years i feel like i have she was in eternals oh yeah she was in crazy rich asians oh who'd she play in crazy rich asians uh astrid young teal <gasps> oh she played astrid yeah and she was in thunderbirds are go <laughs> it's not something you would have watched but another name that we would all know is ken watanabe he was also in godzilla and several other things and yeah. he does a great job so yeah. uh that's kind of the quick rundown of it but let's let's talk spoiler free thoughts Liz. what were your thoughts on the film spoil free i thought this was going to be a creepy movie mm. like i knew it was a science fiction movie mm -hmm. but again you can be creepy and ai in general it creeps a lot of people out. It's, it can be it can be really creepy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. This will make a great movie for Cyphrites. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting feels. Yeah. So so many feels many in this movie. Feels. They did a really great job of humanizing the AI, which is yeah. the exact fear that people have about AI and yeah, how yeah. far it goes is how how human-like it becomes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, by the end of the film, I, I genuinely felt for these, for this artificial right. community. Yeah. Because, well, no, that's getting into spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cinematography-wise. Cinematography-wise, it was night. beautiful. It was a beautiful film. They did such a fantastic job with it. Um, I was... But again, going into it, this is again, this is the guy who did Godzilla. He did Rogue One. Mm -hmm. He did some fantastic stuff with that. And both uh, movies, which are beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like both of those movies in different ways mm -hmm. are absolutely stunning. Yeah. I did some reading up, and uh, apparently he avoided green screening like the plague. That explains a lot, actually. As much as they could, it was on location, guerrilla-style filming. Like, he tried to make this as traditional as possible. And I think it, it shows. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell that they didn't they didn't do uh, body doubles. Mm. It Like, when people were dropping and hitting <laughs> the ground, it looked like dummies. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you say that, but it's because I know what it looks like when a dummy falls and, and hits the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, so actually, you know what? Now that I'm saying that, I'm wondering if that was the scene I'm thinking of was John Wick. Cause we watched that before. Uh, you were we thinking about John Wick. You were thinking of John <laughs> yeah, Wick. Yeah. Just Dis disregard everything <laughs> I just said. So, uh, but as a whole, like cinematography wise, it was beautiful. The fact that it was, <laughs> Filmed on location. Oh, yeah. Uh, in a lot of places. And um, there were stunning scenes. The scenes oh, that yeah. were in, um, they look like kind of a 
Philippines, Tibetan area. There mm-hmm. were scenes that were in a city that were almost almost had a uh, Blade Runner esque feel to it, mm-hmm. but less dirty. Yes, and it was really good. It's like the the new Blade Runner mm-hmm. when everything was real shiny. Yeah, 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 that's what it felt like. There were scenes in it though. Again, this just adds to the, the conversation of how the the being shot on location, how real some of that stuff felt. Um, again, I'm about to make a statement. It sounds like I'm some vast world traveler. I'm not. I've only been out of the country once. When I went to the Philippines, though, there were moments in this film that felt like some of the stuff I saw when I was in the mm-hmm. Philippines. When I, traveling the countryside, seeing things, it felt real. Yeah. And I, because, again, it was felt like everything in this film, while it was far in the future, felt very grounded yes. throughout the entirety of the thing. It did. And it also, you run the risk with a lot of sci-fi films of it not feeling plausible. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think the best science fiction is the stuff that is plausible. Yeah. They take a concept and go, this could happen. And then they play with it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it legitimately, I could see something like this happening. Oh, totally. 100%. Um, and that's, uh, that's, again, that adds to the scary part. Yeah, it. it does. <laughs> so, but not scary and like a, ooh, ah. Yeah. There was one jump scare. There was. And I almost punched you. I stopped myself though. Aren't I'm you so proud thankful. of me? I'm so thankful for it. So, we should have punched the people talking next probably. to us. So I thought the acting was good. I thought John David Washington did a great job with oh, yeah. his part. Um, he was a believable character. Um, mm-hmm. There, he plays a character who went through some trauma, and I really genuinely felt like he did. Yeah, throughout the majority of it. Um, the one character was kind of throwing me off was uh, Colonel Howell, Hal, which was played by Allison Janey. Mm. And mm-hmm. part of that is because I've never seen her do a serious role. What? She's been in movies. Serious. She was in The Help. She was in Juno. She was in Hairspray, The Hours. But what I know her from is from a stupid TV show called Mom, where she plays an alcoholic, and it's a comedy. And I was thrown off seeing her in a serious role. But even still, her character at times... It felt shoehorned. Like I was like, "How did you get here?" Yeah, like things didn't make sense with some of her character stuff. But everyone else was really great. Uh, Ken uh, Watanabe, I like him as an actor. Yeah, absolutely. His character was sparse, mm-hmm. which I appreciate it. Uh, we'll get into some stuff that didn't make sense to me uh, later. But I thought he did a great job with his character, also as little as he was in it. Yeah, I I appreciated his character a lot his character was the kind that had he been in any more mm-hmm. it would not have made sense yeah totally like it he was definitely a side character but he did it so well mm-hmm. that when he was on the screen you were glad he was on the screen yeah you you wanted to watch him mm-hmm. absolutely i thought the young lady madeline did a good job too again she did. It's child actors are always it's it's rough to, to work with and judge how they do. But I think that the way that they had her play her role, mm-hmm. I think she did a great job all the way through, uh, especially in the in the ending scenes of it. Except for like the final, final scene, I was kind of thrown off by. And we'll I, talk about that. I was too. But throughout the entirety of it, I really enjoyed her character. Yeah, I did too. So any other spoiled free thoughts? I thought that the 
main female character whose name I can't remember. Uh, Jim and Chan. Yeah, Jim and Chan's character. M- Maya. Maya. I thought she did a really good job. At, again, as little as she was in it, she yeah. really wasn't very often. But when she was in it, she did a great job. Her character was believable. It was one of those things of you really did want to see her, which I appreciated because the type of character she was, she could have been a throwaway character Yeah, where she didn't have much importance other than being a plot point progressor. Yeah, yeah. Which she kind of was, but it was done well, yeah. and I appreciate that. I can see that, definitely. All right, it's getting hard to talk about anything else without getting into... Well, we'll, we'll talk about this. It left me... It leaves open a lot of interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. It does. A lot of spiritual conversations, and we'll probably get into the second half. But we walked out of this film talking about it yeah. for a good hour. Yeah. Like, we left the film, went grocery shopping, and we just talked about it. It's yeah. It's been a while since we had a film this heavy mm-hmm. that we were like, we're talking about it for an hour later and then doing a podcast about it. Yeah. We... We generally lean more towards the lighter movies, the fluffier movies. Mm-hmm. Like, we like a good story, mm-hmm. but we don't go for the heavier topics. Yeah. And this one turned out to be a very heavy topic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's some stuff in it spiritually. We'll get into that again in the second half that it, it doesn't line up with our views at all, obviously. Right. But overall, it brings up some interesting talking points and the problem of certain issues absolutely so all right well, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna be uh opening the can spoiling all the stuff and uh give our final thoughts on the film you race list sure let me go find the can opener Welcome adventurers! Are you looking for an actual play podcast without profanity? Or maybe one that even grandma can love? Well, you're in luck! Introducing Playing Games with Strangers! A bunch of voice actors get together to play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition and weave a tale of comedy, tragedy, and dad jokes. And on the plus side, the whole family can listen. Subscribe to the show at PlayingGamesWithStrangers.com. New episodes release every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. And we are back. Definitely go check out all of the people at the Culture Box. Yes, they're our friends. They are our friends. Including our the newest members of Culture Box, which I feel like we mentioned this a couple weeks ago, which is the Rushmore Show. Yeah, we've been on that show a couple times. We have great guys. Love them. Uh, they do a, a show... And I'm talking about them now because we don't have a promo video made for audio for them yet. But they do a show where they uh, give their top four of any topic. I mean, they've done all kinds of topics. They do some really random topics. Yeah. And uh, really great guys, friends of ours. Uh, I've had the great opportunity of meeting both of them in person. 
I have not. You have not. And uh, I think you've met Kirk. I've met Kirk. I don't think you met uh, I've not Andy. met Andy. But fantastic dudes. Make sure you guys check them out. There'll be uh, links in the description down below for you guys to, to listen to them. All right. Well, let's, let's jump into it. Open the can and let's spoil this thing. <sighs> Where do we start? I don't know. Emotional damage. Yeah. Um. So the, the film itself, it starts off with um, Joshua, played by John David, who he he seems to be, oh, rewind, a little bit further. It opens up with like one of those old, and I feel like some of it was, was legitimately old clips of this and yeah. something they added to it, but like those old like, the future, this is what the future looks like. This is what's happening. And like, because we, and I've seen these, I've seen clips like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney did one several years ago. Uh, and by several years ago, I think like back in the, like the, the 50s or 60s, I, and I watched it as a child when they the, rerun the it. The world of tomorrow. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then like it like you know goes into the whole AI thing, and all of a sudden, again, this is where storytelling is really fascinating. It just there's this random like explosion, and then everything goes silent. Mm-hmm. And then you see a, a title screen come up, and you're like, "What's going on?" Uh, as it talks about like you see a like a, a video clip of uh like a united nations type of thing but it's like all united states declaring war on ai because only the united states has banned ai yeah um new asia is what they called it yeah they called it new asia which is why earlier we weren't sure where Mm -hmm. it was yeah it a lot of it looked like pictures i've seen of china yeah just because of so many so much of the wooded area Mm -hmm. but i mean it legitimately could have been anywhere yeah yeah. um but it was in in new asia they've embraced ai yes and to the point of they're like hey scan yourself you know or donate yourself donate your image Mm -hmm. uh to help develop bodies for ai and everything well they called them different things so you had the um simulants Simulants, but then you also had—I don't remember what they called them. There was what they—the ones that didn't look like people. Yeah, they had a different name for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was—it was just interesting. Yeah. So, but it opens up, and you discover the, what's happened in the world is that um, there was a nuclear attack on Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and that's where the war started. And um, which honestly tracks because America will not. Would not stand for that. No, it, nor should they stand for an attack. And so the war starts, and then it jumps over to this peaceful-looking island, but there's this machine flying through space, which honestly, the way the light rays were running everything, you know what it reminded me of mm. was the, uh, the you remember in their first Tron, in the, uh, the big, like, horseshoe-shaped ship that floated around. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of from Tron. And uh, but it like it's scanning the area and you got these black op guys coming up out of the water to attack what's basically a village of AI. Yeah. And you meet this one, you meet uh, Joshua, who turns out that he's been working for the American government the whole time. He was undercover looking for uh Neomata, which is the the quote unquote the creator of the AI, mm. the, the AI all worship. And he's like, Neomata's not here, Neomata's not here. You also discover he has a wife mm-hmm. who is pregnant. Yeah. And as she runs off, 
because she's she discovers who he is yeah, in the yeah. midst of this attack. Um, she's killed because that thing flying in the sky is basically a giant nuke launching machine. Yeah, that the Americans took ten years to build. Yep, and that's where your first round of feels to kick in. Yeah, because you're like, holy crap! And and did we mention that she was pregnant? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, so he lost a child, his wife, and he didn't even know the attack was happening. He had not a clue that that it was going on. Yeah, this is like the first. 15 minutes, 10 minutes of the film. Yeah. And already we're hit with this array of emotionalism. Mm-hmm. You have um, our country being attacked. Yeah. Millions wiped away. And then you see a man who's living in a village with AI people peacefully, mm-hmm. not realizing he's yeah. an American agent. Marries a woman, pregnant, but in the midst of the war, he's losing all that. And he's dealing with an excessive amount of post-traumatic syndrome. Oh yeah. Um, and I, again, I, that should be the first key start, uh, flag for us. Going, this is going to be an emotional roller coaster of a film. I still didn't know at that point. Like I, I was like, okay, I can, I like because I knew that there was going to be a child, right? So I was trying to connect dots, right? I was trying to figure things out because that's how I approach movies Mm -hmm. in general is even if I don't realize I'm doing it, I'm trying to figure things out. Sure. Um, So like it didn't hit me that this was going to be emotional. (laughs) But it was. And and again, the surface is like, this is a good setup for him having a conflict because the later the government recruits him to track down. There's a new weapon that the AI has created and they need to track down, A, where Niamata is, B, where this weapon is and destroy the weapon. Mm-hmm. Well, the weapon is a child. Yeah. And so it's a great setup for that. Yeah, yeah, it is. But they play with so many other aspects of him. This, uh, The way that they played out the story, uh, he went originally because he found out his wife wasn't dead. Yeah. And so he was gone on his way to go. He wanted to, just, he wanted to find her, even though he had betrayed her. But the journey you go on throughout the movie, I genuinely believe the emotional change he he suffers and goes through as he journeys throughout the entire film to the end of the film. I honestly think that the footage that they showed him mm-hmm. was a lie. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally doctored. Because the way that he initially responded was... I lost my child. I lost my wife that mm-hmm. night because they were talking about it being extinction right, for right. the human race. And he goes, yeah. "I don't care yeah. if we are go extinct." Mm-hmm. And there, and he was really in a tight spot. He hated AI because it killed his mother, his father, and his brothers. Yeah, yeah. But then he hates mankind because because they attacked before when they weren't supposed to because in his mind the the, the attack wasn't supposed to happen yet he yeah. didn't get give them the details he didn't give them the go ahead right. so they should not have gone so mankind killed his wife and child he's lost everybody this is a man who's alone who's isolated yep and now he finds out there's a silver hope of finding his wife but then he discovers it's the the key is this machine child mhm now he's already on records like it's just programming it's just a machine like yeah. he's not, he's trying not to have feelings for it. Yeah. 
But then he goes on this emotional journey where he develops feelings. And again, like I was saying, like the acting wise and the storytelling, I believe the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. Now you said you felt like the lady general Mm -hmm. was shoehorned in. Mm -hmm. What did you mean by that? The there was a rush conversation to give her an emotional fi- appeal of I hate the machines because they took took out my children. Mm-hmm. But she just shows up so randomly, in my opinion. Mm. Like that the uh, the scene towards the uh, upper middle portion of it, where all of a sudden um, they have giant tanks. Yeah, that was weird. That came out of nowhere. Like, how did you guys not see these being delivered? On the island that you guys are at. Yeah, that was and weird. Like that whole attack, that whole thing, and then her just like doing her thing. It felt super shoehorned, and I, I just didn't. I didn't like the way they played that whole thing out. Yeah, I was okay with it until that scene with mm-hmm. the giant tanks. Because when they said we're gonna have to call reinforcements, mm-hmm. I thought they meant the big thing in the sky that shoots bombs. Yeah, yeah. Not huge city-sized tanks. Well, and then there's no, there's no, like, I didn't, maybe I missed it, but I don't know how she tracked him down to the island. How did she get there? How she, did she figure that out? I think she was following, the the concept was supposed to be that she was following sightings of them. Mm-hmm. Because people would see them, people would report. And I get that, but before they got to the island, he went back to the place where the bomb fell. Mm-hmm. nobody was around we saw nothing that said that there was anybody tracking them that anybody saw them he was knocked out and they were on a boat and they're traveling and all of a sudden they know where our base is they're attacking the base and so they attacked one base yeah and so they divert to another base again nothing tells us how they knew how they knew that stuff yeah. again unless we missed it which is possible it is possible because there was a lot going on mm-hmm. honestly this is one of those movies that needs a rewatch mm-hmm. like oh I, yeah i need to rewatch it if nothing else just so that there's no one else talking <laughs> that really bothered you it really did <laughs> so we were we had some people who were talking throughout the movie not like whispering to each other but mm-hmm. just holding a normal conversation yeah and i'm sitting here going please Shut up. Right. So what else about the film do you want did you like? I don't it it definitely deep dives into some interesting conversations mm-hmm. about what makes a person. Yeah. Like it's I don't know, it's just it's it makes me more wary of AI technology in general. <laughs> I'm always wary of AI technology in general. Mm-hmm personally simply because i've read a lot of science fiction that has ai stuff in it yeah and always goes south (laughs) huh yeah it always goes south Mm -hmm. one way or the other Mm -hmm. whether it's the ai doing it Mm -hmm. or it's it's something that like people have gone crazy too yeah so it's not always the robots Mm -hmm. but it's just that it makes me go, mm, I really hope we never get to that point. Yeah. Because that we're going to have problems. Yeah, same. Um, there was a lot of conversation about heaven. Yeah. And uh, just listening to it, and again, I'm not an expert on world religions necessarily. I've studied some stuff. It felt very um, Buddhist type of thought process with some of the stuff. 
but what is heaven and everything kind of like it suggests that everything kind of has a soul mm-hmm. there's life within everything that's kind of the suggestion of of it um which again that's 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 the whole question of ai at what point does it become a living thing yeah um but um so i can't get behind that but right. it does leave open a lot of questions i can see people going going home having seen the film and going well what is heaven Mm-hmm. How how do we get to heaven? Because that's a lot of things. Like how do we get to heaven? Yeah. The Joshua says you have to be a good person. Um, obviously, we know that's not the case. Right. Doesn't matter how good of a person you are, you you can't get to heaven. It's only through Christ. But I think it opens some interesting conversations for you to have with people about. Oh, absolutely. What is heaven? How to get to heaven? Why behind everything? So, it definitely. It, it, I'm trying my best not to spoil too much mm-hmm. because the ending is where a lot of the... The emotions kick in. It's the emotions, but also the analytical side of me because of that one character at the mm-hmm. end going, but is it? Mm-hmm. Is it that person or is it just a, yeah. a replicant? Yeah. For context, there was a, again, we talked about it earlier. People were loaning their image yeah. to AI. There was a replicant or, or simulant is what they called it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking all was Carver. loaded with the memories or the, the last thought processes of another character who died. And the question becomes, is that her or not? Yeah. Are her memories enough to make it her? And um, at the end, there's there's comfort for a character because he sees this character. Yeah. And um, again, it's super emotional. It is. Because on one hand, you're going, he's gotten to, to be with who he wanted to be with. But mm-hmm. at the other hand, you're going, but it's not her. Right. Right. And then you have the, uh, the, the, the child character. Um, they called her Alfie uh, throughout a lot of it, most of it. Um, the there were two portions that were really interesting. There was a scene where she was saying goodbye to Joshua. Yeah, and it was super emotional and crying. I could see that taking place. Like, oh yeah, that was very raw, very real. And you see Alfie sacrificing himself for her, which was you mean a, Joshua. Joshua, yeah, sacrificing himself for Alfie, which was just a beautiful moment. It was, and um, and it was super like sacrificial. And he's like, I can't be there with you. But mm-hmm. I have to do this for your sake. Yeah. But the where where the acting kind of got weird, and I don't know what the direction was. She lands on Earth after mm-hmm. the explosion of, of the big base. Yeah. Everything's falling apart. They've won the day. And she's been sobbing because she's just said goodbye essentially to her father and mother. Yeah. Forever. And she's yeah. crying, but then at the end, as it zooms in, she's laughing. Yeah, that cheering. really threw, threw me off. Yeah. At first, I thought it was the, you know how sometimes when you're hysterical, mm-hmm. like you're just crying and you're almost screaming. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what they were going for. And then yeah. she smiled. And yeah, I was yeah. like, I no longer feel comfortable with this. <laughs> what is happening? It was just a weird transition. It was. Her. I'm sure that it was supposed to relay something to the effect of she was relieved because she knew that this meant that they were free. They were free, but it didn't come off well. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So, but overall, it was really good. Made me think more 
Um, there's another movie very similar, uh, I Robot. Oh yeah. So you guys remember that? I felt had more emotions with this film than I Robot. Yeah. I Robot wasn't super emotional. Mm, but this film did a really great job of capturing emotion, thought. Mm. Like it left us thinking. It did. It was a very analytical movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's action, there's things going on, things blowing up. You're it's constantly moving. Yeah. But at the same time, they managed to hold that balance between an action movie mm-hmm. and a movie that really makes you think. Absolutely. I mean, it's a two hour movie, two hour, 13 minute movie, but it didn't fit like it. It moved quickly. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was that long. Yeah, I didn't either. And so we stood yeah. up. And I now, went, oh, the storytelling was interesting because it's broken up to like chapters. Yeah. Which um, was fascinating because each chapter starts off almost with a, almost with a, uh, what's the word looking for? Like a flashback to before the movie starts. Mm-hmm. And then explains a whole new, like it op- it unfolds new aspects of the story yeah. to help you feel for characters in a new way. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting storytelling. Well, and it also was a good way to take the overall story and give you at, give you surface level in the beginning mm-hmm. and then take you a little bit deeper and okay you've grabbed that concept let's take you a little bit deeper right like it did a great job of that and i appreciated it it also kind of gave a good indication of where the story was going Mm. from there like each title at first didn't didn't catch it but by the second third time it happened yeah i was like okay this is going to be the topic of the next yeah, segment. Totally. Totally. Well, any other things you want to mention about the film before we start bringing this to a close? It was really good. Yeah. I I would not necessarily recommend it for small children. Oh, God, no. Because of the explosions, the blood, the cussing. I, think even some, I, I don't think they'll appreciate the deeper conversation either. Yeah. So, but I would say that if your kids are mature enough to, you know, not repeat what they hear um, and handle that level of yeah. gore, it might be a great movie to Yeah, Teenager to enough for sure. Yeah, to watch and have conversations about because it is so very analytical mm-hmm. and it can spark a lot of good conversations. We were talking about three to four different things Yeah, just based off of the movie. Yeah. It was when we were driving to Kroger and you were quiet for a moment. I was like, you okay? You're like, I'm just thinking about the movie. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> it's it's one of those things of everything was moving and blowing up and going and happening. And then it all stopped because the movie was over. And mm-hmm. my brain goes, okay, we have time to catch up on all the deep stuff that we were just kind of yeah. storing. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, I, I don't know if we can t- say much more. Um it's just a good movie. Yeah. And um, we've already spoiled the end. We spoiled the end, but we're sorry. Uh, it's a great, it's really is a solid movie. It is. Again, um, theologically, it doesn't line up with a lot of what no, we believe, yeah. but I can honestly say that it's a great conversation to for some things. Yeah. It, it does not theologically line up with what we believe, but you could very easily use it to start conversations about theology that we believe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But it's, it's, it leaves you feeling things and i think that there's a conversation about superhero fatigue and mm-hmm. some of these popcorn movie stuff and um 
the problem is you have so many films that they're trying to say something that it feels forced. Mm -hmm. And there's some stuff in here you go like, okay, they're trying to force some couple things here and there. But this was just, it felt like a natural way of doing storytelling. Yeah. It was really good to listen to, watch. The uh, music was beautiful. Oh, man. The orchestra was great. There were a couple scenes where I was like, okay, where they're including some pop music here and there that took me out a little bit. Mm. Um, but other than that, it was it was really great across the board. Well, I, I like Hans Zimmer. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's who did the music. I was down for the Hans Zimmer portions. There just some of the other portions where oh. they include other stuff to it. Gotcha. So, but if you guys have seen Creator, uh, we want to know what your thoughts are. Did you enjoy it? The Creator. The Creator, yes. Because uh, there is another movie called Creator. Yes. There's actually another movie called The Creator also from oh. like the 80s or something like that. Nice. But anyways, let us know your guys' thoughts. If you're on YouTube, let, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube channel uh, or, you know, find us on social media. But um, I think that's all we got. Again, this is uh, the first step in the Cypher Rights. And uh, <laughs> I will have a devotion based on this movie on Friday. Yep. And... Uh, Got a couple things coming down the pipeline for Cyphrites. A um, couple articles coming out. Some really fascinating articles the team is putting together for yeah. us. We got some ideas for podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be doing a review on the Gargoyles remastered video game mm -hmm. uh, when it comes out later this month. Um, so, but there's more information coming. Yeah. So, unless you want to land the plane, babe. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Con Talk today. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love. <laughs>